Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast. This podcast is for the um, Capricorn New Moon, and I'm Louise Eddington, soul astrologer, author of two books, and I help clients break free from the chains that bind. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen Duchenne. Kashuk mentor, soul guide, teacher, author, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards and author of The Sheep Cocoon. And I help my clients step into the truth of who they are. Cool. And we've got lots of news today, but before we dive into the news, um, we're going to pull the cards for this lunation. And so, Jen, what card did you pull? So interesting, I pulled the 27 Soul Portal, which I believe was the one I pulled last time. So very interesting. I thought I would look into the little booklet that comes with it and see what it says. And it says, all lies beneath you, the land becomes water, paradise is everywhere, fly with open arms. And the flying carpet represents direct and rapid ascension joy, freedom, independence, soaring mind, awareness, unlimited potential, all-seeing divine connection. Mm. It gives stability to the idea of being in ascension or in movement because this time we're in is about rapid movement, about letting go. Um, so one could almost see the, project, the trajectory of being on the flying carpet the figure on the carpet completely at peace uh, connecting with the energy from source and all of these things either leaving or coming there's a constant connection to what is possible uh, and in the background sacred uh, land sacred monuments uh, the feather so it, it really feels like there is a lot of things happening. My eyes catching the key. There's also this thing which is called the everlasting knot, which is about unconditional love, the continuation of love. Um, so it feels very uh, free and very attuned to the self, which mm -hmm. I think is um, certainly something that we are all being um, conditioned to my truth and i must say um my my card has a similar feel to my mind i picked the ace of cups in the top tarot and mm. and it this is the open heart the the trusting heart the clear heart and and your your card you said welcome with open arms but that when your arms are open your heart's open too of course and this is the holy grail of course in the card um that's um sitting within the emotional nature um and that's represented by the blue cup that's uh, reading from the book about the tarot handbook by Anjali Zarian for this card because it's not a card I've pulled often but um for those not um you know for those just listening and not watching on YouTube this card is full of kind of awakening as well and full of um you know an explosion of heart joy kind of um potential is is what it feels like to me and jen's card feels like that to me as well very much and i find it interesting though that my cards are one and jen's is a nine so we're both <laughs> <the spectrum>. so, <laughs> right. 
Well, you know, what's interesting too, is that kind of the way that cup looks with the light coming in, it's like the figure on my cord. Mm. The colors mm. are similar. There's even like touches of, of the red, you know, yeah. in here, but it's that sense of just being in bliss with everything you need is you're connected to, right? Yeah. There is, uh, that's all there is, is all of the things you're connected to and all the things you desire and what you want to create, what you believe in, it's all there waiting for you to kind of open your arms and just go, yay, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> <laughs> and so before we dive into this chart, because I think these cards, you know, on, on, first, on first look, this new moon, astrologically, you'll, you'll perhaps hear a lot quite a bit of um, doom and gloom for this new moon because of the aspects. And I'll talk about those in a minute, but the, but hold on to the images of these cards, because I didn't think the potential in this, in this new moon is enormous, but we um, at weirdly magical, um, not only do we have a Patreon and thank you to our patrons, patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. They enable us to keep going and keep developing this podcast. We are going to introduce merchandise. Woo! <laughs> Jen and I have been busy over the holidays getting a design. And if you're on YouTube, this is it. Ben has a white one with long sleeves. I have a black one with short. You can buy all colors, all different kinds. And on our design, um, we have the owl and the swan, which is known as the swowl. Because Jen has, um, my business is the Cosmic Owl Astrology. I am the Cosmic Owl. And uh, Jen is Akashic Swan Guidance, right? That's yeah so we we got our wonderful artist friend chloe plasma to draw draw this picture and she came up with this wonderful um swan and owl blended together with with magic coming out of them and um and so we've, we're going to offer t-shirts we're going to offer mugs we're going to offer um bags, um, all kinds of things. So if you're interested in any of the Weirdly Magical podcasts, because we think the t-shirts and things are pretty weirdly magical, um, I'll <laughs> put the link on the Facebook page, it, but um, it's on Teespring. So T-E-E -E Spring, you can buy a Weirdly Magical swag. Awesome. <laughs> We're very excited by this. <laughs> Welcome to the swells. Exactly. And we even have a little slogan that might appear on some of them saying, let's do the swell howl again. <laughs> so, but on to the lunation, the Capricorn new moon is at 23 degrees and 13 minutes of Capricorn. It's on November the 13th. Uh, sorry, November, January the 13th, 2021, in most time zones. Um, I think there's only the west coast of the US and probably Hawaii where it's on the 12th. So we're going to say it's on January the 13th. It's at 5 a.m. universal time. It's at 23 degrees, 13 minutes, Capricorn, as I said, um, and that makes it the fourth of six new moons at 23 degrees. 
And this one is conjunct Pluto and square to Eris in Aries. Um, Pluto is at 24 degrees, Eris is at 23 degrees. And as I've discussed many times, 23 is Eris's number. And we'll talk more about that going forward. Um, we also um, have um, some, the new moon is sandwiched between Eris stationing direct on January the 10th and Uranus stationing direct on January the 14th. So it's in a point of extreme change. And we're recording this on January the 5th and before the new moon, uh, we're kind of a bit late recording this because of the holidays. We normally do a couple of weeks before we're, we're just just over a week before at the moment. But before the new moon, we have uh, Mars moving into Taurus after a long six month stint in Aries, his own sign where he went retrograde, um, a very rare retrograde in Aries. Mars moves into Taurus on the 6th. Venus moves into Capricorn and Mercury moves into Aquarius on the 8th. So we've got a lot of change. And after Uranus and Eris go direct, right after the new moon, almost every planet and asteroid will be, or of the main ones we use, will be direct. So we'll be talking about all of that. Um, there's a lot of fives in this chart as well, though. So I'm sure Jen's going to talk about that and a lot of 13 stuff. So Jen, dive in. <laughs> Yes, so this is the revolutionary chart, I will call it that, because that's what I'm hearing. It is the actual action. We've all talked about how uh, we want freedom, how we're sick of the way we've been controlled. This chart is the chart of taking action. So we've moved from a four-year, which is about setting the foundation, to now putting the foundation in action by moving forward. And so we're taking action and everyone will take action the way they believe in, right? So uh, January the 13th. So first of all, we start off with one of the key numbers, the 13 that's been playing over and over again. So cannot emphasize enough how amazing uh, or what a sign this is, that this is on the 13th. The 13th is the number of revolution. It is the number that is connected to the divine feminine. We have 13 moons in the year. Um, we have a 13 cycle in so much. We talk about um, the 12 and 13, the baker's dozen, etc. So it is definitely uh, very much connected to um, the hidden and what revolutionizes us, what, what the death of the old to uh, allow for the new. Um, and of course, it adds up to a four. So we have the four from the last year is being, we're being reminded of what we believe in. What have we grounded? What is true to us that will be part of our framework that will influence the decisions we make, the necessary movement to change, to make change. So this is really important that we're not just flying off the handle, that we're actually choosing the uh, decisions based on what we believe in. What would be the smartest way? We have to have strategy. So with the 13, we have that four. So that's really key. Um, the year, we have the year 2021. So we have the five and the three. 21, two and one is three. We have the five. So we have 
and we're in a six months because we're five months year, five year plus one is six. So we have three, four, five, six, all working on this. Um, and the day then becomes a, a 10 because the actual universal date is a 10, new beginnings. Uh, so we know that this is the beginning of something new. And remember how Lou mentioned our cards, the one and the nine, this full cycle of beginnings and endings. Mm -hmm. So even those on the West Coast who are experiencing this on the 12th are having the nine, the endings, the letting go. So whatever you haven't let go of, now's a good time. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as the 23 for the... Um, you know, it's just amazing. 2313. It's just like, there we go. We've got those two numbers. We have the five and the four, which adds up to a nine. And this is a revolution with exactly what I was talking about, with the structure and the ability to move very freely. It reminds me of the cards we got that both that holy grail and flying on the carpet, you have the freedom because you know who you are right? You don't want to just do things because somebody else told you to do it. So we come to that. The power of the 23, of course, is a five. So we repeat the five, we repeat the four. And um, of course, I know both Lou and I have talked at length about the number 23. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But just a reminder, the number 23 is considered the most powerful number in numerology. And this number, and the reason why it's so powerful is because it has the two and the three, and it makes five. So there is that energy of two and three, which making the five, there's a lot of movement and intuition and joy in this, mm -hmm. but it gives us the courage to let go of what we were anxious about in the past. All of those things we didn't want to do. I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want to lose what I have. It's kind of all up for grabs now because we've kind of lost a lot of things we thought we had. And um, this is revolution in the purest, most divine sense. The mm -hmm. courage, the, the lions, uh, the royal lion, it's called. It's really the lion or lioness or whatever, that energy of courage that allows our hearts to open and gives us energy to move forward. Mm. And, uh, you know, I find the whole new moon very exciting for lots of reasons. But as Jen was talking, I, I was kind of churning over in my head. I was like, wow, this is exactly on midnight in what in on the East Coast um, of the USA. So on the turning between the 12th and the 13th, of course, it's at 23 degrees of Capricorn. And on last January the 12th, 2020, we had the big conjunction of Saturn and um, Pluto and the moon, sorry, the sun and Mercury and Ceres were all involved in this great conjunction. And, and that's kind of is thought to have launched all the issues that we had all throughout the year with the pandemic and politically and all the chaos we've got. Um, it's also in square, almost in exact square, this lunation to Eris. And um, we are at the pretty much the midway point. We've just had the third of five exact Pluto um, Eris squares. And talking of the number 23 being Eris's number, she is the goddess of chaos and discord. 
she she represents the unheard and the uninvited who cause chaos because they've not been included and here she is um kind of shouting <laughs> on this on this new moon and and of course chaos feels uncomfortable but we have to remember that 23 is the number of chaos magic itself too and that brings us back to our cards you know the magic carpet ride and things and the the more you lean into this transformation and chaos that's coming with this new moon, um, the more empowering it is really. Uh, Pluto in Capricorn has been in there since 2008, doesn't leave till um, 2023, I think early 2023. And Pluto has been, you know, the, the standard thing is that he Pluto has been excavating what doesn't work, revealing the shadow, revealing corruption in all our structures and institutions. But we have to remember that everything has more sides to it than just that. And Capricorn is wisdom, elder wisdom. And and so Pluto has also been excavating our individual wisdom. And we've talked about it many times about stopping being reliant on anything out there to kind of look after you now you know again i'm not talking about this kind of like just in it for me kind of kind of energy but it's after we have to look at after our own structures first before we can help anybody else or we have to fill our cup first to go back to the ace of cups before we can help anybody else so Pluto's been transforming our relationship to authority, um, our relationship to the structures and our creating of the structures that work better for us. Eris has been revealing, <laughs> pulling the big band-aid off um, the, those structures in this ongoing square between Pluto and Eris. Uh, and so this one being in Capricorn, this new moon is really saying to step into your own authority and and creating what's right for you um of course the the downside being that what's right for one isn't right for all so then we have the clash but anyway <laughs> well, yes it's it's such an interesting idea when we think about revolution and the number five and of course you know these numbers 23 etc that are part of that whole suite of fives is that the five is the number that lies between the one and the nine. So it's the middle number. It's the number that is ready to make movement, to, to go on adventure, to risk all, to be in the energy of self, in the energy of God or source, whatever you want to call it. Um, so many times we've had revolution. Mm. And uh, one of the things that we haven't yet figured out how to do with revolution is to go all the way. And mm. when I say go all the way, I mean, not just compromise our what is sacred to us to hurry up and get to peace. There's mm. a lot of people in our world, and many of us who are just like, let's just find peace, let's just get on, let's stop trying to find fault with the other. You know, there's a big gap between trying to find fault with somebody and giving into what somebody wants us to do. And so understanding when somebody chooses to do something, right? When somebody has a different opinion about revolution or what freedom is, or even how they love you, uh, that's really is who they are, right? 
if you buy into it, then that makes you who you are. You create that reality by going, I need them to love me a certain way. I need these people. Everyone who's in revolution has to revolutionize the way I do it. And think about this idea. If we're all around whatever it is, I'm suddenly seeing an image of the um, Troy. What is it? That horse? What was it called? Trojan horse. Yeah. The Trojan horse. I'm suddenly seeing an image, uh, probably from the Akashic Masters. They're always sending me messages. But mm -hmm. anyway, like the idea that everyone is ringing around the Trojan horse and pulling. And what we want to do is we want to understand by each of us pulling, we collapse the whole thing. So even though we're in different places and we have different ideas, uh, together, we will make it happen. Mm -hmm. If we don't let our discomfort about not other people not being agreeable or ourselves not being agreeable, uh, we don't let that get in our way. Because there is, and to me, this is the beauty of Capricorn and Aquarius, is this idea that in order to create new structure, we do have to collapse the old. That doesn't mean we can't then go, this was good about the old, but we don't want to just patch this and go, oh, well, this is still working. Let's not, what's that expression? Uh, it's not, let's not throw the baby out of the bathwater. It's a different expression where you just kind of go, since it's working, oh, yeah, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. But we kind of do, right? Like we, we kind of do. Like, yeah, let's break it all up. And then we can go, well, you know, this piece was working. So now we can bring it back into the foundation. And that, to me, is freedom. The mm. fact that we can allow everyone to have that expression. They may be shocking things. They may be horrible things. We may not agree with it. But just the fact that everyone gets to have a voice, that the uninvited, the unseen, all that is unspoken becomes part of our bigger wholeness. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of interesting, this talk of revolution and things, because it is. It's a revolutionary time. We're in we're in you know no person alive has experienced times like this we've mentioned that many times um i am going to get a little bit political for a minute <laughs> for those that don't like politics but i have, all of life is politics exactly it is <laughs> i have one friend who um is a complete trump supporter and QAnon person and he's kind of the only person i can talk to about it because i'm not but um, but we have to kind of find a way to hear each other. So a that, and and he was like, "You're missing the revolution." And I was like, "Well, maybe I just see the revolution from a different perspective." And um, uh, but I but my thought from that is that it is coming from them and from us, from right. you know all sides. The revolution, you know, all right. That you know, I might not agree with their view of it. That Trump's kind of this light worker who's who's building it, bringing everything down. But the ultimate goal is is really the same to to bring massive change because we've got huge inequality we're we're you know destroying our environment that so that sustains us we're not destroying the earth she'll survive she right, she, she doesn't need us she, she will live <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we're destroying it for us to be healthy and well you know and and there's a lot of sickness in our society it doesn't work the way it's working 
And so, yeah, my ultimate point was that it's revolution for all of us. It's not revolution for just one group that you think is right. And we have to start opening our ears to all the sides, which is the Gemini North Node, where we're all headed, asked to go to at the moment. Um, yeah. And our five senses, I mean, I know we talk about six senses, so we have the five senses, we also have the six senses, we have the five and six. Mm -hmm. And the honest truth is, like, this is that that no one of us can decide what a revolution is. Uh, And I do think, like, I'm not a Trump supporter. On the other hand, um, I think it's amazing the things that this uh, uh, person has done to hurry us along on the path of revolution. So... um, you know, I think when you look at that, in a way, what the guy from QAnon is saying, even though I don't, uh, you know, to me, uh, I rather just go with the direct route. You know, yes. it's true for me. I don't need to take the route of, okay, here's somebody who knows something and I'm going to follow them or here's something I need to get behind. Yeah. I just want the direct route. But anyway, in a way, he's kind of right. Then when he says, well, that's the revolution, in a sense, without having that heavy handed kind of like, you know, smack, smack, smack. It's really hard uh, to, uh, you know, we would have just brushed over all of this stuff like we've done so many times, right? And it's just, it's in our faces. We can't brush it off. We can't ignore it. These people are loud, they're noisy. I mean, you've got the president of the United States speaking, you know, saying things that are so far from the truth. Yeah. the truth. But then again, so many people have, right? So it's like, it's, he's the extreme of it. Uh, so, you know. Like our shadow in our face, like I said. Right, that's the Pluto Eros thing. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious. But then I guess we're not the brightest. Humans are not actually the brightest. Uh, uh, <laughs> takes us a while to catch on. Like, oh, oh, this is really falling apart. Oh, I actually have to do something. Uh, can't someone else do it? You know, which I think to me is the other side of that whole QAnon, non-vax, etc., um, I'm not an extremist. I think there's sides to everything for oh, me. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm not like, oh, this has to be this way. Or it has to be that way. But um, I think that idea that something else or someone else, you know, and that's the part to me where we have to move away. That's the Eris, the, the impact of Eris and even uh, Mars and all the work that Mars has been doing is to break that system where, okay, Someone over there is right and I'm wrong. And so I need to fit into their box because, you know, my box is not the right box. Uh, And that's bullshit, right? I mean, it just doesn't work like that. We have to be able to go, okay, you in your box, I'm in my box. What are we actually trying to, you know, revolutionize here? Like if those people on the outside never get to experience and express themselves, then are we really in a revolution? Exactly. Are we going to change anything? And we do see the um, the the other side as well with the ones who want to go back to normal and smooth it over and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, you know, you could say the election of Joe Biden is exactly that. Let's go back Absolutely. to the same old, same old. Nothing fundamentally changes. Well, things are going to change, whether we like it or not. You know, the time between now, where we're recording this in January the fifth, and um, and then to uh, the inauguration. And sorry, it's so U.S. based. A lot of this energy is hitting the U.S. big time. So, but it does impact the rest of the world. Like, this is the thing. Right? 
yeah but my my point was you know we've got all these energy changes we've got these personal planets changing signs on the same day as the new moon i forgot to mention <laughs> mars and saturn exactly square each other mars having just moved into taurus Saturn having just had the great conjunction with Jupiter at zero Aquarius to start a whole new era. And Mars and Saturn is a traditionally a, such a loggerhead aspect by square because Mars wants direct, fast, fast action. And Mars wants to, uh, sorry, and Saturn wants to put the brakes on and hold on to things. And we're going to get a prelude on this new moon of um the Saturn Uranus square that's going to happen three times in 2021. We're going to get a real feel for the loggerheads because believe me, you know, I, I see these clocks counting down to how many days till the inauguration, um, just as, as I saw it for going from 2020 to 2021, as if this magical turn of this calendar is going to suddenly make everything <laughs> it's like that fairy tale book you just come to the end or whatever oh and then the princess got married and they lived happily ever after but nobody ever says what happened after you know after the wedding but uh yeah it's it is very interesting and i think that um you know while we speak about the u.s because it's where we are but also because every action of all these major countries mm. and the u.s has been such a big player in the world and not always in the best way, but certainly has impacted the world. And so it's like when we talk about politics, to me, it's just the, the uh, it's just taking the whole picture and getting like a, a small, you know, slice mm -hmm. of, oh, this is what's happening. We actually get to see what's happening with us in our families, in our lives, in our countries, yeah. wherever they are. Just by looking at some of these key players, it's like watching a play, right? And going, oh, yeah, I see where I'm doing that in my life. Uh, because, you know, this whole idea, right? doesn't matter. There's many countries. You might see the kind of Trump energy playing out as not, not, not necessarily another world leader, but you might get it as like the principal of the local school, you know, or, right. or like the father figure in your life, or even the mother figure in your life, somebody is going to be um, in displaying this shadow behavior that uh, is bringing the change that we need. Right. I mean, you've got all the sides, you're going to see the side of the person, the pacifier, you're going to see the one who's kind of like, let's just do this. And then yeah. you see all these other people, like some people are strategic, some people are, I just want my way, somebody else wants like, oh, no, we all got to get together, get on together, yeah. whatever, right? So and then there's this just this force, or you can think about it, I don't, I think about it more or how I'm showing it is more like water. When you think about how the ocean just comes in, doesn't really have an opinion, yeah. just runs in. And if you're standing in the way, the other day I was at the the, uh, the ocean and I was like taking this path and I was bending down to get something. And I didn't know there was like this dip right there where I was standing. It was like the water was coming in way faster. And I, and it was just like, took my bottle and I was like getting soaked like up to the to my thighs I didn't even know that the water was right there like I was just standing there and there was no water and then suddenly I'm like oh my god I'm covered in water 
right? So it's like that. When you watch the ocean, the ocean just moves. It's that constant movement. And we tend to think it's the people and the things that are doing it, but it's just the movement of the ocean. This is the movement of revolution. It's yeah. just coming in. It's going to knock us down. It's going to throw us over. It's going to, you know, maybe we'll be surfing the waves sometimes, but it's just, that's what it is, right? That's change. And, and you know, uh, uh, I pay attention to everything that's said in the lead-ups to these recordings. I was just telling Jen before we started about I posted something um, on Facebook and, and I did the popcorn symbol as if to say, step back and watch the show. And <laughs> and somebody didn't get what I meant. But, but uh, to my mind, that's at an individual level. You can only um, really take care of your own structures, your own life, the own people, your, the people you surround yourself with. You don't actually have much control in what's going out on out there other than to, you know, do the small steps that you can, you know, voting, registering to vote, whatever, um, you know, donating money or putting your money where your mouth is, all those kind of things, volunteering at a more macro level. But individually, really, we can only do so much. So it is best, you know, this is going to be pretty crazy, to be quite honest. This new moon, um, the the shift of Mars into Taurus, the shifts of the other personal planets, um, the fact everything's squaring Pluto and Uranus, the fact that Mars is then going to go and meet Uranus exactly on um, January the 20th. Um, the the Mars Saturn square is going to be uh, January. I I said ages ago was going to be wild. In a video about the election day on my YouTube channel, um, Cosmic Owl Astrology, I did say this. Honestly, anything could happen in this election, and I said, you know, I can't say what's going to happen because it's going to be unpredictable. And look what's happening. <laughs> right, and you know what's so interesting? Of course, we have to remember that both Uranus, well, with the help of Mars, of course, because Mars is our libido, it's the mm -hmm. energy, the fire, the fire starter. Uh, and it's had a lot of energy to get the fire started. And this is, you know, in this energy of wanting to show up differently. And then with, you know, Eris, between Eris, Pluto, and, um, and of course, Saturn and Uranus and all of them playing in their different roles. The key here is that, Eris and Uranus really don't care about what other people think. Yeah. They will do what is necessary in order to um, shake things up, uh, move things around. Mm -hmm. uh, they are not tied to any loyalty in the way we are. Like, oh, I've got to be loyal. I find it really interesting to me, you know, when we look at the idea of what's happening at the play of politics here or in any country because every country is going through revolution um it's like when you see a movie and it kind of explains to you oh that's what's happening i get to see a picture of what's happening so i really get to understand what's going on and that helps me to stop panicking about what i have no control over because what we do control is how we respond and what we tell ourselves is happening mm -hmm. so we really need to understand that what we're seeing these players do is showing us what 
path is ours? Which, which role do we want to play? Mm. And how are we going to choose to play it? And I find it very interesting, this whole thing with the phone call thing um, with Trump um, mm. and the, the Georgia, what happened in Georgia. So why I find it fascinating is because they're supposedly on the same side. And we've all kind of lumped them all together and said, see, they never do anything different. But then it takes somebody who is on the same side, who the guy that was involved last time was Stacey Abrams and stuff. Okay, I know a lot of people don't understand what I'm talking about. But anyway, the guy that people said was dishonest, right, is now the one that's standing up and saying, you're not going to uh, lie about me. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do this. Uh, they're doing things by the book. And I find that so fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not perfect. They're not doing everything perfectly. But I'm amazed. Here's some guy standing up, insisting and being uh, courageous. He's taking that number 23. He's like, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And then we see the others who are just like crawling after somebody who decides to wave a flag and go, oh, I'm going to get under there. It's like, you know. So the funny funny thing is, though, the Secretary of State in Georgia and the other guy, they both say they would vote, still vote for Trump. I know, I know. It's but it's so interesting. What is the trigger that makes them go, "You will not misalign me"? But I think it's part. It's job, you know, the pride in their job and the pride in being Georgian. Like you're saying, we're all cheaters, right? So it's okay to be a cheater as long as everyone isn't telling you you're a cheater. I don't know. Like I can't, I don't want to put words in the guy's mouth, but I'm very amazed that that's what's happening, right? So sometimes we think, oh, we know what's going to happen. It's the other side that's going to come in and, you know, be the hero. And, you know, and to me, what this says and all of what's happening is it is unpredictable, mm-hmm. but it's unpredictable in the sense that there's people out there going, well, I know this is what's going to happen. They're going to do this. This is going to do that. I don't think it's going to be as as um, clear cut as all that. I think we're going to be surprised by the people who stand up to be whatever we want to call them, heroes, or that inspire us to go, oh, this is how you stand up to bullies. Mm-hmm. This is how you... Um, express your support and your truth right Mm. because you know we live in a bully society and we put up with that stuff right with people going you know i want you to do it and then we all kind of roll over and or some of us are dragging our feet but eventually we just like all agree somehow right so i do want to mention this kind of there's an underlying um aspect on this new moon that um I think I talked about in the last podcast and we'll probably talk about in the next one, but we've got um, what's called a mutable grand cross or grand square going on to the lunar nodes um, with Vesta in Virgo in uh, one, one mutable sign and Neptune in Pisces in the other. And Neptune um, is approaching a, an exact square with the nodes. Vesta's gonna has squared once and is going to go back and square again, but they're making this cross shape immutable signs which is more change both squaring the lunar nodes which is more change so we've already talked about change through the numbers and things but there's more evidence of the change with this as well and the mutable grand cross really is asking us to let go of these old beliefs because the south node is in sagittarius our old um 
fixed beliefs, uh, you know, that we were brought up to say, this is what's true. And, um, you know, everything is changing with these revolutionary times for that. Neptune in Pisces is uh, represents many things, but one of the things squaring the nodes is that it's dissolution of the past, letting go of the past, stopping holding on tight to that past and the grips and being um, and tuning in more to the collective unconscious as well um, is very Neptune in Pisces. Vesta in Virgo is very much about devotion and devotion to being of use, being of service and um, kind of chop wood, carry water kind of energy really um, is very Virgo, uh, you know, to get back to what what is real, what has tangible meaning and things. I, I've, I've seen a lot of people say they're returning to kind of crafting and creating their own stuff. That's very vestering Virgo, but that's it at a very um, macro level. And then, of course, the North Node I mentioned already is where we're being pulled to our collective uh, Dharma, if you like. And that's opening our minds to listening to other perspectives, to being open to changing our perspectives and to moving towards thinking of community, the other I'm sure there's lots more I could say about that, but this mutable grand cross is really strong in in this new moon and all the way through January, but right into March as well. So um, that cannot be forgotten. And of course, uh, <laughs> Vesta in Virgo is also kind of at the handle holding this bucket with all the planets enclosed in the draconic bowl that I talked about in the last podcast. We're kind of confined and trapped in these places where we're kind of being forced to look at <laughs> everything <laughs> and look at change at the moment. All the personal planets, which are the closest to ref reflecting us as individuals, are trapped on one side of the nodes, um, trapped physically by the pandemic as well. And, and it's really so we can... Um, take a good hard look at ourselves and our place in my to my mind and how useful we are to society as a whole <laughs> what i find interesting is that the nodes are actually like at the top of the bucket you know it's it's very interesting that uh or the rim of the bowl <laughs> right the rim of the yeah. bowl so it's yeah. it's it's like what it's telling us is like which way are you going to kind of pour out the mm. water and which way or aquarius which way are you going to allow this um you know, this energy or electricity mm -hmm. you know, that's coming in to, you know, which one are you going to release? Which one, like as if it has two, you know, um, what do you call them, lips or something where they pour out two pourers. The one is to receive, the other to release, and which one is which, right? So are you still clinging to the past or, you you know, is that where you're taking your sustenance or is it the other way, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's very fascinating. And of course, Vesta's at 21 degrees right now. Well, I know she moves slowly, but still, 21 is connected to um, our year because we're in the year of 21. And um, and she stations retrograde at 21 degrees wow. on, on the 19th. Yes, January Perfect, 19th. Right? Yeah. And, and of course, that is our 21st century and 21 is, like we've talked about, it is the key, it's the... It's the um, connection to our truth mm. so when we think about what our truth is it's not 
many of us think, well, I'm speaking my truth, like I'm talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is one way, but we don't always know what our truth is when we speak, mm -hmm. remembering we're going through a process. But it is the actions we take that, um, and the way we treat ourselves and others that speak of our truth. So, um, you know, and I think it ties back to what I was talking about just now about uh, who's cho choosing to speak out and why. It's all tied to what is, what is the string or the thread that makes you want to step up and say, no, that's not true. Or I'm not just going to sit here and listen to it. What is that thing? So whether it's your returning to making things with your hands because that's your truth mm -hmm. or your... Um, you know, volunteering for something, or you're changing your career, or whatever, or you're going, well, what, what, what did I have to let go of in, in 2020? And, and now I have to look at something that I used to do. And now I can you do it, right? Whatever that is, is that truth. And I think that's part of that idea of the having the handle of the bucket or that energy of being you're trapped, because you have to figure this out, you're not going to leave yeah, so <laughs> you come to some kind of conclusion and like they all like crunched up together um being forced to communicate you know just even those numbers i talked about the three yeah. four five six i mean they're in order three is like this energy of joy we've got that in the 21 it's that joyful experience of a child four is we're actually creating structure through the joy through the expression five we're going on that we're expanding. We really want to stretch the structure. How far will it hold me as I move? And then the six, with the six month, and what Lou was talking about, I think is really that part of coming home to our, our group, our beliefs, the thing that is home for us, mm -hmm. that is true for us. What do we love? Mm -hmm. What would we uh, give and give willingly without going oh you took this from me we want to give it from a place of true you know generosity and that's all part of the six and I was noticing we actually have a couple of sixes here because we I did want to mention while you look at that 2123 is where Vesta stations retrograde oh wow on the 90s anyway, we don't need that's, to go into those numbers right, that, that is amazing though i mean just talk about the symbolism right of yeah. your truth will set you free that's exactly what 2123 is because it is only through our action and through our willingness to let go of you know the thing that has kept us supposedly safe mm. that we create or, or will we find the freedom right to Forward, which and it's part of the bigger shifts we're moving from that earth element to the air element as well you know of that materialistic hoarding have more stuff to moving to a different kind of energy where that's less important and it's more about ideas and mind and humanitarianism and stuff anyway you were talking about six no no but you're absolutely right the the idea because the thing about uh, the earth element for the last 200 years was while it may have started with the wonder of the earth mm. it's quickly turned into possessiveness right mm. like how can i use this stuff mm. how can i you know uh, strip it of its energy and that's kind of something that we do as humans we look at something that's we think is the best thing ever and then we think about how we can harness that for ourselves and not think about how it needs to renew itself yeah. right that our greed 
is will destroy the thing we say we love and that um, lights us up. And I do think that's part of this Vesta thing because she is the flame. She is the, the lighter. She is the fuel that will allow us to raise ourselves into the air and raise ourselves with the you know air and, and fire. That's electricity, right? That's the plasma that we need to connect to so that we're not just doing things by rote. Oh, we should do this. We should get along, etc. It's really a, a key aspect of what is true for us, what's genuine, what will hold us through the darkest of times, because we may indeed have, we've talked about this idea of being put in places where we may have to make hard choices. And we, most of us know from 2020, we had to make hard choices. And many of us may have to make really hard choices going forward because we may indeed lose things that we have valued and it doesn't mean we won't survive and get through it and all of that but it's understanding like if we put a lot of value to things that can leave us they may leave us just yeah. because we put so much value in it right instead of it's about the attachment putting... rather than the actual thing it's uh... right we're attached to just like how they use the land. This is mine. I can do it. I want to possess it. It's kind of like how people have thought about women, even women thinking about themselves in terms of the environment. It's like, yes, I'm a chattel and you use me. But as long as we're in agreement with that vibration, that is what we will experience, right? Mm -hmm. If we experience ourselves as some sort of um, chattel or being used, that is what we will draw into our world. Um, so this is part of the revolution. We have to revolutionize our thinking, uh, how we've operated, because so much of the stuff has not worked. And I love that the five and six are working together this month uh, because it's so important. We have to find freedom and love and community. How do we do the two together? Because most of us think like, oh, I don't want to be in community. I don't want to have that loving home, that environment, or have to give things to people because then I won't have my freedom where you can have both, but you actually have to work at it. I was watching uh, some little videos of uh, David Bowie and what was his wife's name? I mean, oh. her name still alive, Emma. Iman. Iman. Iman, that's it. Yeah. And it was so beautiful to listen to, to watch the two of them. Uh, they were so in love with each other. They were so respectful of each other. Mm. Uh, and even listening to her talking about um, what, what made it work was like when I was, you know, worked hard and the, the guy was like, well, did David help you with your work or, you know, mm. She's like, no, I did my own work. But she said, when I um, came home, you know, I moved straight away into this family, being the wife, et cetera. And we put down all the electronics or something. I'm not saying what people should do. I'm just saying the way they did it. Like she said, it is hard work maintaining a relationship, but they did it in a way that was true for them. Mm. Uh, and I just thought it was so inspiring watching her talk about this, this love that they had was so strong, but they were still independent people, right? They didn't give up their businesses. They didn't give up who they were. Uh, or try uh, to control each other. Or right, right. Or take away something from yeah. the other. Like the guy goes, well, did, did you ever give David fashion advice? And she just laughs. She says, 
David was fashion. You couldn't give him advice. Like it was like, yes, you in the fashion business and you're not trying to tell this person, you know, what to do, right? Like that's the ultimate to me of that five and six of like, Mm. this is who I am as a whole person. This is who I am with those I love and my community and how I contribute. Yeah, absolutely. So again, just before we move on, um, you know, a quick ad break again. <laughs> um, Patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical for just $3 a month, or you can choose your own donation amount, um, enables us to continue growing this podcast, supports our work, and we do um, patron-only card reading every time we record the podcast. We'll be recording that after we finish here and um, follows, reviews, likes. We have a Facebook page, Weirdly Magical. We have um, an Instagram, Weirdly Magical Podcast. We have a Weirdly Magical YouTube channel. Um, Any likes, subscribes, reviews on iTunes for the podcast or on our Facebook page, we would appreciate any and all of those. And don't forget, you will have the link to the swag on the Facebook page. Um, (laughs) So weirdly magical on Facebook, if you want to get yourself an awesome T-shirt or anything else that we... Right. You want to do the swell howl again? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You want to be part of the swell gang. (laughs) Jen came up with that word. We're like swan out. Ow. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Do we have any more to say about this chart? We're, well, we've got. Well, yeah, I, 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 what, right. Sorry, what did you say? I said we've got more time. I no, think we've got more time. Yeah, I was just looking at um, a couple of things and thinking about how what is so powerful about this is this idea of being supported by. Uh, the mother energy or the parental energy six is also about giving birth about the parent about really nurturing um, what it is you know Mm -hmm. nurturing yourself through this process because it is scary because it's unknown all of those things being able to nurture yourself knowing that the the symbology of the universe is encouraging you to nurture yourself and nurture others. And I think you talked about taking care of yourself. You know, it's through taking care of yourself that you then have the capacity to take care of others. Mm -hmm. So it's the complete opposite of what we've been taught that, you know, don't be selfish, don't think about yourself, just give, give, give. Of course, if you're doing that, you're not actually giving because it all becomes slavery and resentment, etc. Instead of, you know, that heart opening. So you heart open first, fill yourself, and then you fill others. You do things for yourself. Then you can give so generously, so easily, you know, and really finding your sense of humor is part of what is the great mother, the great mother who, or great father or parents, however you want to look at it, is all about knowing that everything's available to you, that all your emotions are encouraged to be expressed and experienced and then let go. And Mm. that there's enough, there's an abundance of whatever you need. If you're willing to unhook from the moorings, release those rusty 
what do you call them, anchors, etc. that you think, oh, people won't love me. Well, maybe they aren't the people you need to be with right now, right? If I give up what's true for me. It's also kind of the exact opposite of the, of, Jen mentioned the overgiving and the servitude and resentment. It's also the exact opposite of the looking after yourself first so that you say, not my responsibility to look after everybody else. This is about the blending of both. It's about looking, taking care of you and yours, filling your cup so that you have stuff to give, so that you feel able and um, and and want, desire to to help others and to... Yeah. Bring right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a key point because not everyone is 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 you know there may be people there are probably lots of people who go well it's not my responsibility I'm just going to do what I'm doing I don't care about anyone else and that's fine but then you also have to take what comes with it right yeah. it's not like I get to do whatever I want I don't care about what you do and now you have to do what I want See, that's where the issue comes in. It's just like, yeah, you want to do whatever you want. Well, I have boundaries around that because if you're not contributing, mm -hmm. then you can't be part of the community in the same way that somebody contributes. Mm -hmm. And so it's just rebalancing and understanding that you can say no to somebody who says, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah, you can admire them, but you don't need to bow down to them because yeah. they're doing something they want because it's just an equation, right? It's like the ocean just coming in. You contribute in the way you contribute and, and you take what comes with that, right? Mm -hmm. It's a package, it's like a package deal, right? And that I think is the important thing to me anyway. I mean, yeah, maybe Lou means something different. And no, of course, no. you know, we don't always agree about everything, which is as we, it should be. We're not two puppets. I think we kind of do come to the same uh conclusion usually in the end was just a little bit they approach it differently <laughs> yeah, right. I just want to come back to Vesta again and and um it's uh, this this configuration in astrology charts keeps coming up since I discovered it kind of in the middle of last year 2020 and it's called the Thor's Hammer and it was Anne Ortley the astrologer who first drew my attention to it and she said it was a very rare configuration. Well, now I see them all the time. And I think, <laughs> I think it's because it's a part of this extreme shift that we're going through. Anyway, a source hammer is um, one planet aspecting two other planets that are in exact square to each other. Okay. And, Ves and the thought, the theme of a Thor's hammer is that you, you've seen, most of us have seen the Marvel movies. It's also called uh, God's hammer um, or the fist of God. And, and it's kind of like a big punch that shakes everybody up to the foundations. It, if you've watched the Thor, Thor movie, um, you know, the, the reverberations come out. It's like this big, like you're not listening from, from the heavens, if you like. And Vesta in this chart is making a Thor's hammer to Mars and Saturn that are in square to each other on the day of the new moon. And I already mentioned that the Mars-Saturn um, square is already one of contention and battling. Well, here's Vesta kind of throwing down the hammer as if to say almost like, just stop. <laughs> you know? Just stop with this con constant like, We've got to push, we've got to stop, we've got to push, we've got to stop. And really kind of, it's time to kind of 
bash your heads together if you like (laughs) (laughs) right knock some sense into you yeah to say um to say you've got to change and then mars is going to meet up with uranus after this thor's hammer and that is the planet of real revolutionary change you know that is the lightning bulb change and uh, um the uh kind of earthquake storm kind of sudden change and then saturn is still is in uranus ruled aquarius and he's just had that meeting with jupiter and of course as the sun and moon and the faster moving planets move through they're gonna activate saturn as well and saturn himself is being kind of shaken up in um in aquarius to my mind he's the traditional ruler of aquarius but he he kind of doesn't fit with aquarius of what we know of saturn so our expectations our because i it's my belief that we our perceptions almost shape these energies as well we've seen saturn as always very strict very staid and saturn's now being changed as well and it's been an ongoing theme you know it's more about becoming this um kind of wise elder the gentle hand of um of uh rules you know like the parent with the child's hand on the hand on the child's shoulder saying no no just hold back not this big block of stopping so you know the even these energies themselves are being shaken up and changed and that's happening within us so wherever we put blocks up is being shaken up wherever our life force is just saying me 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 i want what i want mars in aries is very much i want what i want and mars is very much i want what i want that's being shaken up as well it's saying we have to start to think differently so anyway there you go. <laughs> yeah no it's very interesting because um what I was looking at is Saturn is at three degrees in Aquarius and Mars is at two degrees, which of course the three and two make five. But what's interesting is it's also the repetition of the two and three, 20, 21. We have a two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, the two is more, it's a feminine number. It's a number of intuition. It's a number of, of connecting, you know, it's relationships. And the three is the playful recognition of the curiosity of self mm-hmm. uh, and i do think that saturn is you know it's like very interesting because if we look at what shaped the patriarchy it was these stories that were given a certain bent that everything was cruel mm-hmm. uh, you know women were sidelined mm-hmm. men were punishing um and we lived in that world mm-hmm. like up till now we're still living in that world um and you know secretive with that neptunian kind of imprisonment and secrecy and craziness we were told we were crazy if we were different and it feels like that's the part where oh what if all the stories we were told were all bullshit right it was just like it was somebody who decided i'm going to make this figure cruel and i'm going to make you know all males will be you know you know whatever and all females will be uh, you know and all that stuff and the hunter you know, and the, yeah right right and it's like mm, i'm not so sure about that so it's it's this is that moment where we get to create the stories we want to create and go mm, i don't think saturn is that you know cruel he's 
you know, he is considered the wise elder. Yeah. He does have the um, connection to Aquarius, which is so much, you know, more far reaching and expansive than just I want what I want type of thing that we make it sound like because he's the head or the one running the structure. Mm. And it's just like if you think about time. We tend to think of time as something very rigid. Like we say things like, I never have enough time, or time is this, and oh, I got to get be on time. Uh, but if you had, like you said, that more benevolent elder mm. who would want you to understand why would time be meaningful at all? Like, what is the meaning? Why do we need that structure? Mm. It's just because it helps us, you know, make choices, right? Just like how that story I was saying about Iman, Iman and uh Bowie, right? Bowie, whatever, however you pronounce it. I've never known how you <laughs> Bowie. Okay, so it's that same thing. Like when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm at home, I'm at home. That's how I decide to use my time. When it's night, it's night. When it's day, it's day. It's instead of it being this rigidity that controls us, we are deciding it's great having a structure. I like the structure, but I'm going to apply it in the way that speaks to me. And that's how I kind of feel like when I look at this the the um, connection between Mars and Saturn, not only like what you were saying, having this thing forced on them, but perhaps being influenced by what's around them mm -hmm. and going, oh, you want something different? I can play a different role. Like, you know, an actor on a stage, I can play a different role, that's fine. I have um, to tell you something, Jet. What? You mentioned about the two and the three, Mars being at two degrees and Saturn at three degrees. I don't know if you noticed that the minutes Saturn's minutes are a two and Mars's minutes are a three. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I didn't even notice that, but that is hilarious. I know. But it, yeah, the subtlety of the information, right, that we're given, like every symbol, every sign, every number is so important because it's amazing what we can pick up just by looking at what's repeating yeah. and how is it repeating, right? Just like all the fives, like which are the numbers that are fives? Looking at um, Mercury is five. No, oh, um, seven. Mercury is seven. Yeah. But um, Venus is five, right? Yeah. Venus is Chiron five. And Jupiter, they're all at five. Yeah, so let's see. So Venus, uh, Jupiter, five Aquarius. Five. Chiron, five Aries. So. Right, Chiron, five. Right. I mean, just look at the players that are being instructing, instructing us or are being instructed to find freedom. Mm -hmm. Venus, which is the traditional idea of the female or connecting to beauty. What are the things that bring out your feminine qualities or the qualities of um, of enjoying beauty and abundance or whatever you want to think of what Venus stands for? Pluto, you know, well, of course, we've talked about Pluto and the moon, etc. all about the uh, energy of, um, you know, what, what's the meaning behind um, compression? What's the meaning behind being somehow held against your will and then going, oh, I, I'm not going to, what do I have to do to get out of here, right? To escape, leave, get away from here. And then we look at Jupiter, which is about expanding our freedom, right? Expanding the idea that we can go wherever we want. We can do whatever we want. We just have to be willing to do what it takes, right? To stand on our own two feet. 
And then Chiron, of course, um, such a key part of that healing. Like when we say, I need to do what I need to do, it's not about being in rebellion. Like, you're not listening to me. I got to go away. I'm going to punish you. It's just like, oh, I've been carrying this wound and now I can, I can put it down. I'm changing the story. Absolutely. All right. Are we ready for the symbols? But before we are, I don't see anything else in particular to talk about. No, I will say Venus for me is is also our values. Right. Venus is values, right. And in Capricorn, that's about create, you know, creating a life built on the values. Over the last year where our values have been really tested. What's what really are our core values? We've been asked to really um hone in um to what that core is for each of us and and in Capricorn now it's saying you know change your life to reflect those values not somebody else's values your own right and also the thing is to think about and values it to me is if you think about what you love or what is beautiful to you that's your value really because mm -hmm. it's something you want to um you either want to emulate or you want to bring closer to you so it's it comes down to everything that is um, something that is intrinsic or necessary to make you feel like you are living a life of worthiness of some kind, like you are worthy, your actions are worthy, you're contributing. All of those things are connected to uh, how we show that we value being alive. I yeah. mean... That's a necessary thing. Like if we go, you know what, I'm here. I came here the way I am. I, I'm so delighted to be here. So let me roll up my sleeves and get clear about what I want to do. And let me go out and do it mm -hmm. as opposed to, is it okay? Let me ask permission. Is it okay if I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to think too much of myself. I'm a brain, like, you know, all of those things that one goes into, right? Like, oh, is it, will it, will I look like I'm full of myself if I say this? Yeah. It, it's like, why? Why are we doing that shit? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I think I'll read my symbol first. This. Stuff. All right. I need to. Yes. I'm, I just have to get my connector. Okay. Well, I'll read my symbol while Jen does that. And um, so the uh, Chandra symbol for Capricorn 24 uh, for the new moon is stalactites and stalagmites almost grown together super tight fit custom designed by destiny tailor-made the individualist carving out unique karmic arrangements to bear you across a difficult passage a journey undertaken under peril a secret assignment withheld even from your conscious self cloak and dagger the thoroughly veiled soul, the enigma of destiny, the secret, secret instructions are writ upon your innermost being and you know them implicitly. Silent, circumspect, withheld, super disciplined, guarded and private, sworn to secrecy. And inside all of this, secret brotherhoods and cosmic streams send their emissaries to take up incredible tasks and think nothing of it well you know that that symbol to me reflects the conjunction with pluto in a huge way because pluto is rules caves for a start 
And, and we didn't really go into that in detail about Pluto being conjunct this new moon. It's about digging in into your deepest resources and strengths rather than looking out there. So, Right. We didn't necessarily mention about Pluto, but we did kind of talk about that being a key part of we did. everything yeah. falls apart. That you, you we, didn't, have... we didn't. I think we really emphasized the personal kind right. of Thing. So, yeah. Anything you want to say on that before I read? No. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So let me find my symbol. So Capricorn 24, the Sabian symbol, a woman entering a convent. The keynote is total commitment to a transcendent goal. So a convent, a place made available by a community which believes in the possibility of reaching a world transcending state of consciousness, made available to individuals who may be variously motivated. To some, an escape from the intolerable pressure of family and society. To others, represents the possibility of pursuing in peace a spiritual ideal to which the whole being aspires and is totally dedicated important point in this cyclical process is the existence of a convent expresses another aspect of the relationship between society, its religion and culture and the individual. So this is where society accepts the fact that beyond its daily normal patterns of behavior and commitments, another way of life exists, which in a higher sense also has social value. In the old Hindu society dominated by rigid caste system, the ideal embodied in the sannyasi, the wandering holy person meditating in a forest or cave who had entirely given up all that caste implied, was seen to be the very culmination of social process. And so this uh, is about... uh, Uh, surrendering to a higher law and quality of being. Uh, It's paradoxical, rigid discipline, discipline conditions, pure inner freedom. That's what we were talking about. Rigid discipline conditions, pure inner freedom. So the final goal is the attainment of transcendent security. So I love that both... um... Both symbols kind of have this cave quality, convent, cave, locked up, shutting kind of yourself away. And, and we've talked about that throughout this, that we are kind of confined and contained right now. And it is yeah. to reach, I love that last bit, um, attainment, transcendent security. That's kind of security that transcends thinking that, you know, anything out there can make you feel secure. So. Right. Yeah. Or anything that you give up that is of value yeah. to you that somehow will guarantee your sacred passage. Mm. Um, yeah, that whole idea of being confined, being being in the draconian bowl, being in that space where you're being forced to look at things that make you uncomfortable. We are, we are all uncomfortable with this idea of having to confront people, having to stand up, having to dig deep within ourselves. Uh, and it is both of them mentions the secret idea there is a secrecy in growth of something new that's something new and we've talked about this nurturing of birthing something new in um, 
you know, in the cave, like all these other things have happened, but I have not, you know, something we could think of is I have not actually birthed myself in my true way uh, to step into this change. Yeah. Well, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Exciting times to be born in. I know many of you. <laughs> I keep getting, but still keep being asked, when will, when will it end? When will it end? Well, you know, January is just an insane month, to be quite honest. And this new new moon is part of that. February, we did the 2021 overview. It's it's on our YouTube channel. Um, but February, you know, has the first Saturn Uranus square. But things do start to kind of, or at least the the get further apart the intensity slows down a little bit after that throughout the year but you know we're in this portal of huge age um paradigm shifting energy so it's exciting time and i think it's better to look at it as exciting personally well yeah and i think the question isn't when will it get better but what do i need to do to become more connected to myself no matter what's happening outside of me that's the lesson of this when we withdraw to the convent it doesn't mean we're actually running away but what it does mean is we're finding the center of the storm the eye of the storm so that whatever's happening around us we are uh, not only resilient but that we can swivel to whatever we need to that we can be ready to take action because we're so clear about who we are we're so clear about our values we're so connected to the opportunity we have this is about opportunity Mm -hmm. opportunity isn't comfortable right you know when you decide you want to grow and do something different i know well i can't speak for lou but on my journey i know we've touched lou and i've been together on our journey each doing our own thing and um there's been so much discomfort in this journey. Uh, it has been <laughs> so incredibly so rewarding. Right. But it, there were so many moments, and I'm not going to say there aren't still moments, like of, of raw fear and confusion. But, you know, it's easier and easier because I've done so much of this work. Uh, so this is it. This experience is just telling us, get to it, get to the basics of who you are and adjust what you need to remembering who you are so that you can move through this time. Mm. It is not going away. You have to change. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So Jen, how can people find you? So they can find me on my website, jenduchen.com, which is J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E. And as Lou mentioned, I am changing my name to the Akashic Swan. To no, not the Akashic Swan Guidance. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube. I do weekly YouTubes uh, under Gender Shen, Global Guardian of the Akashic Records. I have a group on Facebook with the same name, um, and <laughs> you know you can just find me. The cards are on my website. I teach Akashic classes. I do Akashic reading. You can find out more on my website. You can connect with me. Cool. And I'm Louise Eddington, louiseeddington.com, L-O-U-I-S-E-E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N. 
Um, my business name is Cosmic Owl Astrology. So hence the owl, if you see me on YouTube. Uh, so my Facebook page is Cosmic Owl Astrology. My YouTube is that. My Instagram is that. I also have a Facebook group, Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe. I have a Cosmic Outland membership, kind of like a Patreon, only not on Patreon. <laughs> and uh, you can find details of that um, on my website, louiseeddington.com again. I'm the author of two books, Modern Astrology and The Complete Guide to Astrology, both available on all booksellers, including independent booksellers. And I just discovered a new site called bookshop.org where my books are both available uh, that actually kind of um, sells books online and splits the proceeds between local um, uh, you know independent bookstores because they're all suffering in the um, in the pandemic and so that's bookshop.org so if you buy a book from there all the profits get split between local bookstores to support them. So not just my books, that would support a lot of uh, local bookstores through this uh, difficult time. So I uh, thought I'd mention that while I mention my books. <laughs> anyway, so for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jim. <laughs>